Open your Bibles, if you would, to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Uh, this, of course, again, is Thanksgiving week. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. We do hope you've got some good plans for that. Uh, we started last week looking at the issue of Thanksgiving. We looked at verse 15 of chapter 3. Um, and we talked about Thanksgiving as a state of being, being thankful. Uh, and made the observation that genuine thankfulness is that which comes, which emanates from the heart. Paul wrote, uh, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. And before I go any farther, I forgot to do something uh, as an update on where we are with the building. So hold that thought about being thankful. We'll come back to that. But as, as you probably all know, we're in the process of looking at options to expand uh, we're now talking with the landlord. We're in final negotiations for renting the other half of the building, but we want to do it in a way that is considerate of the present occupant of the other half. I mean, we have the legal right within our present lease to say, it's ours, hit the road. Um, but we don't want to do that. That's not the way we want to do business. So we'd really ask that you keep us in prayers. Uh, however it goes forward, there are going to be some obligations, some financial commitments we have to do. Obviously, the rent will go up if we get both sides of the building. So uh, we'll be talking to you more about that. But at this point, the big thing is, uh, is just to keep the leadership of the church in your prayers so that we go forward in the proper way. We want to do that. We do need more space. That's obvious. But we want to do that properly. So present status, moving forward with the other side of the building. But we need to do that correctly. So keep us in prayer please. And if you have questions, feel free to ask me afterwards. There's about a 90% chance my answer will be, I don't know. <laughs> but we're trying to, you know, get more of those answers as we go. So, first, or the Colossians, chapter 3, verse 15, Paul said, be thankful. We noted that while there is certainly value in the simple act of saying thanks, good habit to have, we teach it to our kids, genuine thankfulness emanates from the heart. Um, it's an instinct. Genuine thankfulness is an instinct that's born of, a, of an understanding. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to look at the next couple of verses. So, Colossians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Paul writes, Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God, Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to Him through God the Father. Thank you, Lord. We do want to thank You for Your Word, the work You do in our lives, Father, in our hearts. We have so much to be thankful for. Mostly we want to thank You for Jesus. For without Him, Father, nothing else would matter. So help us, Father, as we respond to His work his ongoing work in our hearts and lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Right. So Paul has already talked about being thankful. Here he talks about singing with thankfulness and giving thanks through Christ to God our Father. Three times in just three verses, Paul talks about being thankful. So it's obviously very, very critical. Um, but the question I want to zero in on this morning is exactly what do we mean when we say thank you? I mean, it's one of those words we use a lot. I hope you use it a lot. But exactly what are we saying, especially when Scripture talks about giving thanks, exactly what, what, what's going on there? What, is, what do those words mean? So that's going to be our first question. What do we mean by thanks? 
And then the second question, why is it so important? Why does Scripture call us to do it so, so strongly? So the first question, uh, what are we saying when we say thank you? Right? Seems kind of self-evident, but still it's worth looking at. The English expression, thank you, goes back about 600 years that we know of, and what it actually means is thinking of you. It means I'm thinking about what you're doing, and that, I think that, that's pretty significant. Um, the, the suggestion is, I'm giving thought to what you're doing. I'm not taking what you're doing for granted, right? Um, I don't know, have you ever um, watched somebody in a setting, uh, we see it a lot in food service, where you do something for somebody and they don't even acknowledge your presence? It's just weird, you know? Like there's a table, we've got, you know, got some customers and the server goes up and fills our water glasses and the people at the table don't even acknowledge that they exist. It's just weird, right? Or you, you've ever seen this in a grocery store? You're going through the line and a person ahead of you, they're looking down and they put their stuff and they go along and they put their card and then they take the receipt and the grocery and they never make eye contact with the checker or say a word. It's just weird because there's, there's no acknowledgement not only of what is being done but of their humanity. It's just like you're not even a human being, right? And, and maybe, this, maybe this works, make the point I'm trying to make. I don't know if you've ever made the mistake. I've made it sometimes, a couple times, when I've been in a really big hurry. Because I was trying to say thank you. That was part of my upbringing, right? You just say it. Um, I've been in a really big hurry, and I've gotten some, maybe a Coke or something from a vending machine. And then as I walked away, I turned and I said thanks to the vending machine. You ever do that? You hope nobody sees, because, man, that's weird. But, but why not? I, well, because it's not a person, right? There's no personhood to be acknowledged. I mean, it did what it was supposed to do, right? Yeah, but there's no personhood. So bound up in this idea of acknowledging what someone is doing is the very idea that they're, they're a human, right? And there's appreciation bound with that. Now, we, we talked about the idea of appreciation before. Uh, appreciation is associated with value, and so it's, it's, I am thinking, again, we're still talking about thinking, I'm thinking about what you had to do to do this for me or give this to me. You know, I, you've ever, ever received a gift from somebody and you know they went way beyond what they were supposed to do to give you that gift? You know, your appreciation level kind of changed. Like, wow, you really sacrificed. Or you went way into debt to do that, right? There's an understanding of the cost that they have... Um, accepted in order to give you that gift. Another word that we talk associate with thanks and thinking is the word gratitude. Gratitude, uh, to be grateful for something that's done for us. That's actually really close to the New Testament word. We're still talking about the English words now. Um, because gratitude, our English word gratitude, comes from the Latin, and you won't hear me talking about Latin very often, but the Latin gratis. You know, like when you go someplace and the, the owner surprises you. Maybe you eat at an establishment. You've eaten at a lot before. It will not happen here. Um, you've eaten in a place where you've eaten a lot, and the owner comes out and goes, hey, what? Well, this one's gratis, right? Well, what, he's not just saying it's free, or she's not just saying there's no charge, but that we are going to just extend this to you because we want to. Right? No obligation. We're just taking care of you because... We want to. And those are some of the ideas that are bound up in the English idea of thanks. It has a lot to do with thinking, right? Well, how about the, the biblical meaning? What does the Bible mean when it says um, give thanks or be thankful? Or uh, conversely, what is the Bible saying when, like in Romans chapter 1, verse 21, Paul talks about those who are not 
thankful or not grateful. He says in 121, talking about the, the intellectual, spiritual dec decay of the entire human race, and he says, for even though they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks, but became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. So exactly what was it humanity wasn't doing that Paul talked about there? What, is, what does Scripture mean by this idea of thankfulness, right? Well, the word that's used in the text this morning is one of those wonderful words, and some of you that went with us to Greece will remember it, because this word hasn't changed in over 2,000 years. This word is used the same way today. It was used literally 3,300 years today, and that's the word ευχαριστώ. And many of the people that went with us when we went to Greece and worked with the refugees, that was what they asked me. They said, well, uh, I, if I'm only going to know one word in Greek, and isn't that interesting when you go someplace and you don't speak the language and you want to know one word, how often the word you want to know is thank you, especially if they're a polite culture. Now, if they were a rude culture, probably not so much. But I know when we were in South Korea, they are so polite. I always felt like I was being rude. And so um, I asked Chris, how do I say thank you? And I did my best to master it. I won't try this morning. And the really cool part about there, we happened to be there during Thanksgiving. And, and even though they, they went to a Korean church and their, their, their preacher was preaching in Korean, I understood about half the message because he used the word Thanksgiving every other word. So <laughs> I could understand a sermon in Korean. Yeah, I felt pretty good about that. Um, but it's just, it's a really important word, and the word that the text uses, the Greek word, is ευχαριστώ. Ευχαριστώ. And you might recognize that, even if you haven't learned the Greek word, you might recognize that stem that it comes from, the middle of the word, the really important part, which is haris, which means grace. It's the Greek word from which our English word grace comes from. And when we talk about grace, what are we talking about? Well, we're talking about what God does for us that we don't deserve. And I remember I told you before, that idea of gratitude from the Latin gratis was probably the closest to the Greek word, which that's what we're talking about. The idea of something that's done for us, favor, right? Um, often, um, and grace is one of those words in the Christian you know, vocabulary that we use all the time and not really thinking about what it means. Uh, one of the best ways, and many of, you will, many of you will know this, one of the best ways to understand grace is to contrast it with mercy because they're like the two sides of the same coin. You know, grace is getting what we don't deserve and mercy is not getting what we do deserve. God forbid that any of us look towards heaven and say, I just want what I've got coming. Not this guy. Uh-uh. That's not what I want. I want his mercy. I want to be, I don't want to receive what my actions um, warrant from a just and holy God, right? We should cry out, you know, Lord, have mercy. But I do want his grace. I want him to do for me many things that, that, I, that I don't, I don't, I don't deserve, right? So that's grace and mercy. Mercy, God, don't give me what I deserve. Grace, God, give me what, what, I, what I do deserve. Um, so we've kind of got three ideas here lined up, if, if you've been following. We have the idea of thinking. Thanksgiving involves thinking. If you recall, last week I talked about um, one of the ways to really move our Thanksgiving away from just habit and form um, into a more a more internalized idea, I just suggested that pause. You know, like when you sit around the table and you're going to give thanks for the food, or anytime you're going to give thanks, especially to God, 
just pause for a moment and make a mental notation of exactly what you're giving thanks for, right? So the whole idea of thinking, uh, and then there's that idea of favor, unmerited favor. So thinking, favor, unmerited favor of, of three ideas. So how does that work when we talk about thankfulness, bringing these things together? So we're just not saying thanks and walking out the door. First, again, thinking. Let's talk about that a little bit more. Um, why do we have to think? Why is it so important to think about Thanksgiving? Again, I think comparing it to mercy helps. Um, when we need mercy, we don't have to stop and think about it. We kind of know, you know. Let me just try and experiment here. Uh, I want you to think about three things that you're really glad God has forgiven you for. Right? Now think about three things that you are really thankful for. Now I can't speak for anybody else, but in my own case, the three things that I'm glad I'm forgiven for, they came to my mind a lot more quickly. I knew immediately, yeah, three things, I'm so glad. I could make the list a lot, you know, right? Because for some, that power that guilt and shame has over our lives, and I'm not talking about that guilt and shame that we, that we, you know, that we shouldn't be having. They shouldn't have a lot of people that have had placed on it. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about honest, legitimate guilt for things I have done that are wrong. That is so present. I think that's, at least it is for me. Whereas the Thanksgiving, it just takes a little bit more work, right? Um, and I think the reason for that is we're so prone, and again, maybe I'm just speaking for myself here, for taking things for granted. That's why a little more thought is required in the area of Thanksgiving. I mean, you go into the store, and you walk up where your favorite you know, jeans are supposed to be, and they don't have your size. You go, ah, what is wrong with these people? Stop for a moment and think about all the things that had to happen from that shelf all the way back to some guy planting a cotton seed. It's a miracle they have any jeans on the shelf. And boy, isn't the whole present situation with all the shortages and the supply chain and all that, that is a, that's an eye-opener for us if for no other reason that it makes us stop and think just how much we take for granted, right? And I've noticed, too, in, in our contemporary you know, world, uh, the whole idea of looking down on the traditional Thanksgiving story, you know, and I know a lot of that story, as you know, maybe we learned it back in school, is, is not accurate. You know, the pilgrims handing slices of pumpkin pie to their indigenous neighbors with whipped cream on top. No, that did not happen, right? But we ha culturally, we've gotten so used to denigrating that story because of those kinds of details that are not true, we have forgotten the part of the story that is true. That there were some people who took time to say collectively, deliberately, thank you, God, you've kept us alive, and if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be here. That essential part of the story, which, by the way, is not unique to the pilgrims as we know it. If you do look at this, this story, if you study the history of Thanksgiving on the American continent, you'll know how they first said it. They first said, muchas gracias, El Señor. It happened in Florida before it happened up north, yeah. Because there was an understanding by a great many people that God had kept them alive. And forgive my bad. And it's important to recognize 
favor, thanksgiving. That act of giving thanks causes us to focus on the essential characteristic of God, His favor. Thanksgiving, the expression of thanks, has been called the essential Christian discipline, the primary Christian virtue and habit. Augustine said it. Luther said it. Numerous others have said it. Thanksgiving, the single most important Christian act. Why? Because it counters the first lie. What was the first lie that Satan told? God really isn't interested in your well-being. He's really not interested in you being happy. He certainly doesn't want you to know everything that you want to know. Everything in Satan's lie to Eve and to Adam was bound up in the idea of reducing God's credibility as a loving God. Thankfulness, that process of recognizing God's favor, counters that lie. Reminds our, we remind ourselves of God's essential goodness. And that's not just a theological point. That's an everyday experience and reality. And that's especially important when we're having a bad day. That's why the question, who said, had the question about bad mood? Who knew what a bad mood was? That was a great question. Because, you know, yeah, when you go outside, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's so busy. I mean, it's so easy to be thankful. Or when the, you know, when the table is set and everything's going smooth, it's so easy. But it's a lot more powerful when that's not the equation. There's a couple of passages of Scripture that I absolutely love. The steadfast, I love, listen for the absolutes in this one. I love this verse because it's chock full of absolutes. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Who knows where it's from? Lamentations. The man is looking at Jerusalem in rubbles. Everything, and I mean, I mean, terms of their, their lives were in rubbles, not just the city. Everything had come crashing down around them. Morally, the people had, had lost all hint of godliness, and yet Jeremiah would say, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. But how about this one? This is another one. Uh, the important one on this one isn't who said it, it's where they said it from. I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. That which I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation is from the Lord. I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. Anybody just happen to know where it was said from? The gut of a fish. Jonah. Yeah, Jonah. Here's the whole, here's the whole thing. and It's not that long, but, and just bear with me. I love it. This guy's inside of a fish when he says this. I called out in my distress to the Lord and he answered me. I cried to help from the depth of Sheol. You heard my voice, for you had cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas. The current engulfed me. All of your breakers and billows passed over me. So I said I've been expelled from your sight. Nevertheless, I will look again towards your holy temple. Waters encompassed me to the point of death. The great deep engulfed me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I did descended to the roots of the mountain, to the earth with its bars, which were around me forever. But you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. While I was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who regard vain idols forsake their faithfulness, but I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. That which I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation is from the Lord. And the text says, 
Then the Lord commanded the fish, and then it vomited him up on dry land. That's Thanksgiving. That is Thanksgiving that comes from a heart which understood the dynamic of the favor of God, even from the gut of a fish. Unmerited favor. What does God owe us? Absolutely nothing. Nothing of what God does, has done, will do is out of any debt or obligation. Every act of goodness. Everything about the fact the human race has been living rent-free on his planet for several thousand years. It is not ours. Every act of goodness, from the earth that we inhabit to the air that we breathe, the food that we eat, the clothes, everything is a gift from him for which we must very reasonably be th say thank you. And when I say thank you, I'm saying that something has been done for me is an expression of great grace, of unmerited favor. It's so much more than being polite. So much more than being polite. Which, of course, brings us to the last point. Why is it so important? Why is it? I mean, are we just being polite to God when we say it? Well, Cardinal Dolan, um, who's Cardinal of New York, recently uh, spoke to the midshipmen at the uh, Naval Academy, and he, um, he said to them he wanted to speak on one subject. This was just, I think, weeks ago. One subject, being thankful. He said, because if we don't, some of the things the man said were amazing. He said, if we don't, quote, we will eventually conclude that life isn't all that joyful, meaningful, and sacred. You show me a person that is genuinely ungrateful, and we're not looking at a happy person. They may be blessed beyond measure, but they haven't learned to receive what they have with gratitude. If we don't express gratitude for that, we don't find ourselves in a happy place, right? Show me a person that lacks gratitude they will have lost the ability to enjoy those very things they have. He also went on to say that recognizing what others have provided to us is to inspire a way of living where selfishness comes before, I'm sorry, where selflessness becomes before selfishness, where others of the past and now, including the other, the Almighty, have a hidden claim on our allegiance. Simply put, being mindful that not just God, but other people have done a lot of hard work to make possible the blessings that I enjoy now. Gratitude inspires us to think and act in ways we should. Paul said that back in chapter 6 of 1 Corinthians. You have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. Recognize the price he paid for my salvation helps me to remember just how much I owe him. And then finally the cardinal said this. He said, gratitude is a traditional value that allows us to appreciate how things are, what has already been given, and how blessed life is. Because people and goodness of which we have only inherited, not earned. In gratitude, he concluded by saying, will eliminate, ingratitude, will eliminate values essential to a civilized society. Think about what we're seeing on the news in inner cities all around our country. Ingratitude, the Cardinal said, will eliminate the values essential to a civilized society. Values such as duty and honor, value, valor, integrity, service, and thanks. If for no other reason than this, we must deliberately cultivate the characteristics of thankfulness. 
And it's not like it's hard. Now, admittedly, if you find yourself in the belly of a fish, it's harder than it might otherwise be. But there is the beauty of it. It can be done. Ingratitude is fatal to a healthy relationship, any healthy relationship, most importantly with our Creator. Whereas gratitude, the heart of true thankfulness to the people around us, to the God who has saved us, has kept us, and keeps keeping us, not only draws us closer to Him, but it fills our lives with the very joy and peace and happiness we're all after in the first place. Thank you. Gratitude. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. And it is such a simple thing your word speaks to us about this morning, Lord. And yet sometimes, whether we get busy or whether we let that, that kernel of ingratitude grow up within us or that, that delusion of self-sufficiency rise up, Father, we can just get out of the habit, Lord, of saying it. We can let it drift apart from our being. Lord, I pray this, I pray this morning that as we go through this week, and this is an easy week to do it, Father, because we see it all around us, Lord. Father, we are, rather than become calloused by the frequency of the word thanksgiving, Lord, we would use it as a reminder this week to deliberately, repeatedly express thanks to the one who has saved us, called us by name, filled us with your spirit, Lord, and given us hope. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and worship the Lord this morning.